So we're in our, this is, I think, our third, fourth week in the Destined for Breakthrough series. This specific week is on strongholds. And I started to pray about the best person to share a message on strongholds. As I started to think about how we've shared a few different scriptures about how no weapon formed against us shall prosper or shall succeed. It's very clear in scripture. The devil tries to use weapons that he has against you in your life. But God wants to turn that weapon around use what used to be a weakness in your life as a strength that you would now use against the enemy as you help minister to other people. In the book of Micah, we shared the verse a few times about how God is our breaker, that he breaks through or he breaks the gate open for us and that we break through the opening that he's supplying us. So as I prayed about this, the Lord showed me that Pastor Todd was the best person to do this because he is a living testimony of being freed and being released from break uh, from stronghold after stronghold in his life and then using it against the enemy to help other people. So we're going to have Pastor Todd come forward at this time to preach the message. Why don't you welcome him to the pulpit today? Good morning, Central. Good to see y'all. What? What are you laughing at? Can they see? How do you know? Were you looking in my window last night when I was on the computer? Were you at that intersection when I hollered at that guy? God, they couldn't know. It's good to be in God's house. In 2012, 2013, I spoke at the Washington City Mission, and my message was similar to on baggage. And on that day, about seven or eight different men gave their lives to the Lord. And so I was real excited. I came back to church and I told Pastor Getchell that I thought I was supposed to speak that message here. And then I never heard nothing from him. And I just began to dismiss it and think, I didn't hear from God. Never in my life thinking that I was going to give it at a later date and time. And so, like Pastor Kurt says, I'm not the most eloquent speaker. Pastor Kurt, you know, he could do this message with his eyes closed, but I believe that I'm supposed to do this message today, and I'm supposed to do it, and it's not because of me. It's not because I'm someone great. It's because I have breakthrough in my strongholds in my life that God did for me. So baggage has to create, originate from somewhere. And so it originates with a foothold. Ephesians 4.27 says, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a chance. Don't give him an opportun- opportunity. Don't allow him to get in your life where he can separate you from God. When I think of foothold, I, I think of police uh, movies where the police knock on the door and they tell the, person, the, the criminal inside a lie and he opens the, up the door and they see the police and he immediately puts his foot in there, to, a foothold, so that he can get in. And that's what we do with Satan. We allow Satan to get a foothold in our lives so now that he can use it to separate us from God. We're not supposed to give Satan the chance or opportunity to pollute or attack our minds with sinful pursuits. Each and every day, he will attack us. And and when we open the door to our lives, then uh, he will do what he's able to do and establish a foothold in the territory 
that we give him of our mind. So no matter what anybody's ever told you, Satan cannot rob, steal your territory. He cannot make you do anything. Satan has no power to take your, te- your territory in your mind. You open the door and you give it to him. Satan will take and he'll squat in your life. And he's sitting there, and, and I have the vision of a throwing pebbles at the window. Peck, 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 peck. And he keeps on pecking at your life. Keeps on pecking at your mind. Until he finds the place where you have a weakness. And when you open the door, he has a foothold. So, footholds then turn into strongholds. And so, how do footholds turn into strongholds? Fortification. So, an illustration of that, the United States Army was the horse-mounted force of the United States Army in the late 1820th century. And the cavalry would move into an area of land that the Indians owned. And they wanted it. And so what they would do, they would take and they would find a place that had water, had a water support. It was up high and had a covering. And then they'd get trees and brushes and they'd they'd make a barrier in front and everything. And they'd begin to put up their tents. And that's a foothold. But that's not a strong foothold. The Indians can overrun that and, and, and kill them. So while they have their foothold up, they begin, they begin to cut down trees and logs and make tall, strong log walls all the way around it, and they build forts, and that's a stronghold. So strongholds are replication. You keep doing it over and over and over and over and over until what I say, it becomes a habit. And when you have that habit, you do this here. You carry that baggage around with you every day of your lives for the rest of your lives until you're either going to carry it until you die or you give it to Jesus. So a habit is a routine of behavior that is repeated regularly and it tends to occur subconsciously, automatically. You know, when I smoke cigarettes, first thing in the morning... That I got out of bed, light one up. Automatic, subconsciously. You, you take and create a pattern, and it happens. It happens just like that. You don't even think about it anymore. It becomes a regular part of your life. But again, the most amazing part of this story, Satan cannot take your territory. He squats on it, your territory until you surrender it. He will attack and attack until he finds weakness, and the moment you open the door, he gets a foothold. Romans 7, 15, 20 says, I do not understand what I do, for what I, I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that that is my, in my sinful nature. For, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do what is good. I want to do, do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This, is, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it but it is sin living in me that does it. So I had, I probably had almost every single one of these. And when it became a foothold, there actually became a point in time in my life where I no longer wanted to do the things I was doing. But I didn't know how to get out of them. I didn't know how to stop. Alcohol, cigarettes, they're both are drugs. 
So once you start taking these drugs into your body, the body starts wanting it. The body's seeking it. And it sends signals to the brain and tells, tells you to, to feed it. Anything you do that you repeat it over and over again, it's going to create a habit. And the body likes it. And the body's going to tell you that it wants more. And you're going to go do it up, sub, subconsciously. Paul painted the picture in Romans 7. He says, I don't understand what I am doing. I don't want this stronghold here, but I just keep laying bricks. I want this thing to be done, but I actually make it stronger by doing it again and again and again and another brick until the the wall just continues to grow higher and higher and higher. So that's what we do. We build walls. Every time we sin, another brick on the wall, another brick, another brick until the wall gets so high and so strong, it's hard for God to penetrate it, to get to our hearts, to speak to us. So, when Pastor Kurt asked me to uh, speak for this, I took the Destined for the Breakthrough through cards that you wrote on, and I went through, through it, and I looked at what was written on it. And here's what I found that you wrote down that was your strongholds. There's anger, fear, gossip, mental health, selfishness, worthy, drug addiction, food addiction, insecurity, sexual sin, shame, depression, grief, judgmental, smoking, unbelief. Those are areas that you wrote down that you wanted to see a breakthrough in your life. Now, Pastor Todd added to your list. I added alcohol, sports, gambling, gambling, lying, shopping, stealing, pornography, cursing. And I believe that many of you have those also in your lives that have stronghold in your lives that need to be broken. Alcohol. When I was about 12, 13 years old, we used to have a guy in the neighborhood. Every weekend, we used to get our money together. We used to create a list. And we send him to the uh, liquor store in the uh, bar uh, to get us our, our liquor for the weekend. And then we would sleep out and we would get drunk. We would have a blast. And I remember this one day specifically. It was about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. We're drunk. We're stumbling around, you know. And, I'm, and, and we're, we're headed uh, to where a convenience store where we can go get some food. And I just remember saying, man, this is great. This is wonderful. But see, here's the thing. Satan never told me he was going to take and use alcohol to destroy my life. So what started out as a foothold and then the repeated every weekend became a stronghold. Pornography. So growing up, my dad had a stack of uh, pornography in his... uh, bedroom. And I snuck in and got a peek a few times. That's the foothold. One day, my dad told me and my brother to take the magazines out to the burn burn barrel and rip them apart page by page and burn them. And that became the stronghold. Smoking. I remember as a kid, and nothing against my mom, my mom and dad smoked, but I was the one I used to help my mom do everything. If she was doing some remodeling, if she was fixing the washer or dryer, I'm the one helping her, picking it up, handling the tools and everything. And my mom was, used to say, she'd say, give me a cigarette. So I'd get a cigarette out of her pack, and I'd give it to her, and I'd get her lighter, and I'd light it for her. And I remember one day, I'm helping her, and she said, give me a cigarette. And I said, you want me to light it for you? So I got it out, gripped my mouth, let it. Again, I got the use of uh, smoke in my lungs. So that's an example of, of a, 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 a foothold and a stronghold. And when God delivered me from sm- cigarettes, I smoke four packs a day. I burnt everything up I ever owned. 
I never knew how bad I stunk until God set me free from it. Lady across the street uh, did sewing, and we get, I gave her some stuff to sew one time, and she smoked. When it came back, we couldn't even bring it in the house. We had to hold it outside and air it out until we, it quit stinking. But with something as simple as a foothold turned into a stronghold, which turned into a habit, which became baggage, which I carried around for 29 years. Marijuana. I remember nine or ten years old and Elm Street and uh, Prospect and Lower Prospect, there's railroad tracks. And a friend, the old, one of the older kids, he's, he's up there by that area and we're walking up the street and he says, hey, guys, want to smoke a joint with me? I never smoked a joint at that time. He said, oh, man, you got to try this stuff. This stuff's good. Oh, you'll get a nice high. I'm like, okay. So we walk out the tracks. There's a tower out there, back away from public and everything. And we smoke the joint. And uh, Pastor Todd has even sold marijuana. I sold, I was always, as a kid in high school, I was running around with like $69 in my pocket all times from marijuana that I was selling. And I sold marijuana until the day that I heard that my name was on a list that the police were watching. And then I stopped it like that. But again, the foothold was saying yes. The stronghold, repeating it over. Because what I did, I started selling it. Here's what I forgot to tell you. I started selling it to pay for what I would use. So if I sold in the money I made, it went to pay for what I used. And so the repeated, the repeated, the re- repeated process. So as I thought about this subject, as I thought about strongholds, I thought about how nobody, and I mean nobody that I have ever met, has ever said, man, Life's going so great that I think I'm going to, today I'm going to start doing some things that'll mess my life up and really mess it up really. But I never heard anyone say that, have you? I'm going to make some decisions today that will get the ball rolling in a very painful and negative way (laughs) that could ultimately destroy my life. And yet, no one has ever said that intentionally. Unintentionally, people say it every day. Or unintentionally, people do it every day. For example, I don't think anyone has ever said, man, you know what? My teeth are so white and I smell so good. I think I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. (laughs) Today, I think I'm going to smoke my first cigarette. And if I'm lucky, I'm going to get addicted get lung cancer, and die 10 or 12 years early. I hope that happens to me. Nobody says that intentionally. But unintentionally, it happens every day. Nobody ever says to themselves, man, I think I want to be fat. So I'm going to start eating candies. I don't know if you were supposed to laugh, but <laughs> but I'm going to eat this bag of candy, and when I'm done, you know what? I'm going to start on another one. And when I'm done with that one, I'm going to start on another one. And when they're all been completely devoured, I'm going to go get me some more. Or I'm going to eat, eat, and eat until I'm so full I can't eat no more. And then I'm going to stick my finger down my throat and puke it up and begin binging and purging 
every day of my life and destroy my body and kill my bodily organs. Nobody intentionally ever says that, but unintentionally, it happens every day. How about gambling? I have never heard anyone say, man, today I'm going to play my first game of Texas Hold'em. I'm going to like it so much, I'm going to get hooked on it. I'm going to start gambling all the time. Online gambling, I'm going to start going to the casino and gamble there. Every chance I get, I'm going to gamble so much, I'm going to lose my entire pay, pay, paycheck. I won't be able to pay my bills. And hopefully, if I'm lucky enough, I'll lose my retirement, and then maybe I'll lose my house and car because the bank's going to foreclose on them. And if I'm real lucky, then I'll be able to lose my children's college education and they won't be able to go to college. And then if I'm really, really lucky, some big guy named Guido's going to come and break my legs <laughs> because I owe debts. Intentionally, no one ever says that. Unintentionally, it happens all the time. How about this? Today, I'm going to drink my first beer. And if I'm really lucky, I'm going to get addicted. One day, I lose my job. Better yet, I lose my family. I lose my home. I lose, lose everything I've ever worked for. I may end up living at the city mission, or better yet, homeless on the streets of Washington. Alcohol will control my life. Every time I get upset or have a disagreement with someone, I run straight to the bottle because that's where I find comfort instead of learning to deal with my problem. Yeah, alcohol's the answer. Unintentionally, no one has ever told me that. Unintentionally, it happens all the time. How about, I've never heard anybody say, hmm, I wonder what bad stuff I can find today. Maybe if I type XXX on the computer, I'll be just one click away from opening up the window of destruction. No one can see me. It doesn't hurt to just take one look. You'll spend hours and hours and hours engrossed into images that are unhealthy for you, and instead of you spending time with your family or fixing things around the grass or even mowing the much-needed grass, you'll spend it on the computer looking at things that'll, that'll do harm to you. They will harm you. Your wife will no longer look appealing to you because she don't look like the images on the, on the computer. Yeah, I think I'm going to mess my life up today. And yet, even though no one plans to do that, thousands and thousands and thousands of people do it every day and end up being addicted and having a sexual addiction. So if any of you are taking notes, okay, the first question I need to ask, you need to ask yourself, what has mastered you? Has the pornography mastered you? Has the alcohol mastered you? Has the cigarettes mastered you? Has the drugs mastered you? Has the judging mastered you? What's mastered you? Second Peter 2.9 says, for you are a slave to whatever has mastered you. Whatever you're giving all your time to, wherever you're spending all your time, that's what's mastered you. So if you'll really be honest today and you'll say, yes, there's something that's mastered me, that I've become a slave to something, I have incredible news for you. I promise you today, in the presence of the Lord God Almighty, 
If you will submit your strongholds to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will set you free. John 8, 36 says, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And like, it's not about me, but I have been set free. I can, I can honestly tell you that the day that I accepted Christ, the day that I turned to God and I asked God to help me with my problem, he took alcohol off of me and I was set free. And, amen. And I have 32 years under my belt that, I've never, that I haven't drank in 32 years. But it's not something that I struggle with. I have no desire. Two times in my life I tried to quit drinking. And both times were a struggle and battle. And both times I failed miserably. But when God took it off of me, it was gone. Forever and ever. There's nothing to turn back to. That was, that was destroying my life. The day that Sherry said that she wanted a divorce, and she said if I didn't leave, she was going to take my son, and that she was going to leave me and divorce me. On that day, I called out to God. And I asked God, I said, God, if you'll put us back together, I'll serve you. And from that day, the, the stronghold came off, and it was gone. And it can happen for, to you, too. And, and I truly believe that this service and this message is a divine appointment from God that he wants you to know that he wants you to set you free also. I think that God has been telling you all secretly and quietly He's been pecking away at your stronghold and, and trying to crack it open. And so today, he wants to crack it open so where it falls off. You know, your addiction may be something as little as caffeine. Some of you may have had to have six cups of coffee just to make it, just to, make it to church. See, you're... But what I'm trying to show you, your addiction doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be something as little as caffeine. You may be addicted to dipping. Isn't that sexy? You put that little black stuff in your lip. Your lip gets all big. And you suck on it. And you spit that black saliva out. And then you, you, got, you got these little spit cups all around the house. God wants to set you free from that. Maybe you're addicted to the internet. You got to check your email. You have to text, check the text that just came in. You're always checking your Facebook. You're checking to see who's calling you. And then you're calling them back while you're driving. You're texting them or, or, or calling them back while you're driving. That's, that's not safe. Maybe uh, it's a Facebook where you spend hours and hours reading posts and, uh, and, uh, and, and printing posts and, and instead of engaging in conversation with people. That's what the phones have done to us. The phone has even come to a point where you could be in this room, your wife's in that room, and your wife will text you instead of getting up and come... You may be addicted to your stocks. Every minute, did my stocks go up? Did my stocks go down? You may be addicted to work. You may work, work, and work, and you never spend time with your children. You never uh, spend time with your wife. You, you miss your children's school activities, um, but work. Maybe it's sports. Maybe you're always, uh, knows, uh, your family always knows where you're at. You're always in front of the TV, always watching the sports, but they're not allowed to talk to you while the sports are on. And most of the time, you know all the players' names, you know all their averages and stuff, but you don't know your children's birthday dates. 
Maybe it's shopping. Maybe you have the gift of, of going into debt. <laughs> there are some people, from the time they get up until late evening, their family never sees them because they're out shopping. And they're out buying things that they don't need. They're buying stuff only because it's on sale or they can get a bargain. Or maybe they sent you a coupon in the mail, a $10, and I got to, they gave me $10, I got to spend that $10. But that could be a stronghold you have. And if you're spending like that, and you're going into debt, and you're spending money you don't have, it's a stronghold. It's, it's, it's something that needs to be broken. Computer games. Maybe you're on the computer from morning to night. You play with people all the way across the world. But again, you don't engage with your family. You don't take the garbage out. You don't uh, do the dishes. You don't make the bed. Because you're always on, on the computer playing the game with people all the way across the world that you only know them as a name. And you only know them by the scores. And if you beat them or, or they beat you, but has that mastered you? Is that what has mastered you? Is that what you give all your time to? See, that can be a stronghold. Maybe you're addicted to your appearance. Maybe you stand in front of the mirror for hours and hours fixing your hair. Maybe you're at the gym more time than the people who work there. Maybe you're a suntan freak. You tan, and you tan, and you tan, and you still don't think you're dark enough. Maybe you're carrying around a generational curse. Maybe you have a temper, just like the one your parents had. And I truly believe anger, that, that, that was one of my strongholds, and I truly believe my dad had it, I truly believe that his dad had it, and it gets carried on from generation to generation to generation. But it masters you. Where are you going to stop? Where are you going to break the chain? And what generation? Maybe you've been tempted to say, I can quit anytime I want. Or you might say, you know, I really don't have a problem. But listen to me. If more than one person has told you you have a problem, then you have a problem. Amen. And you need to deal with it. Amen. First Corinthians 6.12 says, He was speaking to the church that was full of people that had been mastered by sexual sin, and he said to them, Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not let any outside source besides the presence of Christ be my master. I will not let anything else be bigger than Christ in my life. The only thing I ever want to, from this day on to master me is Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ masters me, I'm going to have joy, happiness, peace. I'm going to have everything that he has to uh, want to give me. I'm never going to have to hide in shame and worry about if someone saw me. I'm never going to have to, uh, I'm, really, a lot of shame. Shame knowing that you're doing things wrong. And, and here's the, here's the, I can't figure this one out yet. I really can't. We're more worried about whether you guys know we're doing something wrong when the Father can see you. While you're doing it, he sees you, but you're not going to stand in front of me. You're not going to stand in front of Pastor Kurt. You're going to stand in front of him. And I can go on listing things where we've opened the doors of our lives in which we've created footholds and they've formed strongholds. And, uh, but today is the day to get free. The next and most important question is, how are you going to get, get rid of the stronghold? Well, let's be real honest. The first step has to be, 
stop laying more bricks. That's your part in it. You have to stop strengthening the, the stronghold. You might say, I can. I don't understand why I do it, but I, I just can't stop. And so you have to counteract the fortifying. You have to demolish the stronghold. And that's what we want. That's what I truly believe right there. God demolished it. He killed it. It's dead. It's no longer alive in my life. It has nothing on me. So I want to give you three biblical principles that if we apply them to our lives with God's help, we can be set free. And the first thing is, we're going to take it to God. That's the most important place to do. You, that's everything in our life. You need to take it to God. Uh, whatever it is in your life, whatever the stronghold is, you need to take it to your Heavenly Father. Romans 6.12, Paul says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey sin's evil desires. And James 4.7 says, For we offer ourselves uh, to God as a living sacrifice. Uh, Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not be your master. So we have to offer ourselves to, to, to God, that we don't want sin to be our master. So what I think needs to happen to you today, you need to come to a Popeye moment. Who remembers Popeye the sailor man? Toot toot. Popeye was this sailor. He had these big, humongous uh, uh, forearms, and, and he talked with bad grammar. And he had this really gorgeous girlfriend named Olive Oil. <laughs> and there was this bad guy named Brutus. Who knows Brutus? And Brutus would always try to capture uh, Olive Oil and take, it, take her. And Popeye would go and try to rescue her, and he'd keep being defeated and defeated until he had enough, and he'd pop out his spinach, and he'd eat his spinach, and, but he'd always say his famous words, that's all I can stand and I can't stand no more. <laughs> say it with me, come on. That's all I can stand and I can't stand no more. That's where you got to get in your life. And Jesus is the spinach. You got to get to a point in your life, you can't stand this, that it masters you. And so you got to take it to God. So, when we take it to God, you can't take it in some little weak prayer like, God, you know, I kind of got this little thing going on. Can you help me get through it? No. You got to. You got to say. You got to get. You got to get serious. You got to get raw. You got to get face sucking on the carpet, crying, aching from your innards, and you're crying out to God and telling God, if you don't come through for me, I don't know what I'm going to do this. God, I'm desperate. God, I need you to take this away. Will you please take this away? And today is the day that you're going to take it to God like you've never asked him before in your life. So I told you earlier, what I had there was the whole, whole situation of, of uh, uh, me, me and Sherry, that uh, she uh, asked me to leave, and uh, I took it to God, and, and, and uh, God took the alcohol off of me. So you also need to be like the uh, shepherd David in the Old Testament. When all the Israelites looked at the big honking Goliath and said, he's too big, and David came to the point where he said, you know, that's all I could stand. Who is this guy to come against the armies of the living God? My God is bigger. And Matthew 19, 26 says, but all things are possible through God. Amen. And so if you believe that in your heart, if you'll know that all things are possible through God, you're going to take and you're going to bring it to God today. And, and you're going to bring it like you never did before. And you're going to be serious and, and, and you're going to be crying and you're going to be aching and you're going to be telling God, I need you to do it, that you're the only one that can do it. And so do it today. And when you do, God's going to do it. 
God's going to do his part. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, the weapons we fight with, they are not the weapons of this world. You see, the weapons of God, they have divine power. The Greek word uh, for power is dynamos. We get our word from dynamite from that word. They have explosive, miraculous power of, of God to demolish them as if they've never been there before. So the miraculous power of God, like dynamite is bam, going to blow it up and it's going to be gone. So what's mastered you? What's the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to take it to God. Now, the second thing is you're going to take it public. And I know you don't want to hear that. But the Bible says we have to confess it with our mouth. So James 5 teaches us not only do we confess our sins to God, but we confess our sins to each other. The Bible says we pray for each other. Why do we pray for each other? Because there is power in prayer. The problem is not so many of you are afraid of others. Uh, the problem is so many of you are afraid of what others are going to think. That's what you're really worried about. You're worried about what other people are going to think about you. You're, you you'd rather worry about other people think about you than, than having your stronghold uh, demolished. And you'll carry it for how many more years? Each time in my life that I shared my story, I've gotten freer and freer and freer. And see, the thing of it is, I've taken ownership of it. I put it out there. Satan can't use it against me because I put it out there. Any one of you could take and say, Pastor Todd, you were horrible. You're right. I was horrible. But the key word is, was. If I'm going to share it all, I was abusive. I have strangled Sherry. I have hit Sherry. But I haven't laid a hand on her since the day that God has delivered me. So, again, what I want you to see, strongholds. But see, I was raised up in a family where my dad was a drunk alcoholic and my dad beat. All I ever watched was beat. All I ever learned was when there was complications, you used your fist. And so that's what I learned. That's what I was taught. And that's what I started doing. But God has helped me to break that stronghold. So, you need to take it to, to, to some to public. You need, you need to take, and if you're not in a small group here at Central, you need to get in a small group. See, I truly believe Sundays is God's day. I believe this is the time that God speaks to us. This is the time that we praise God, we worship God, we give him all the glory, we give everything that he deserves. But he also takes and he speaks to us. But see, it's not here where growth happens. It's in the small groups where it happens. It's in the small groups where you can share and talk to other people. It's in the small groups where you'll find out from other people, they got the same problem that I got. It's in the small groups that God's going to lead you to someone that you'll begin to trust, you'll begin to be comfortable with, you'll begin to share your secrets with. And that person won't criticize you or condemn you. That person will come alongside you. And that person will encourage you and support you and, and uplift you and help you to break that stronghold in your life. That's what we do as brother and Christians. We all, it's about restoration. That is the key thing that restoration, God wanted us restored back to him. He wants our lives restored. He don't want us doing the junk that we open the doors to. 
He, 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 wants, he wants to break them. And he wants to break them. And he wants to break them. And break them. And break them. It's him. And the third thing is, you got to lay it down. You got to lay it down. You got to come. You got to lay it at the cross. And you got to give it to God. So if it's alcohol, you, you got to do your part now. God's going to do his part, okay? But now you got to do your part. And your part is, if it's alcohol, you got to go home and throw it out. If it's cigarettes, you got to throw them in the basket on the way out. Whatever it is, you got to lay it here and don't pick it up and don't ever do it again. And when, when you're struggling, when you're having a hard time, when you're sitting at the bar ready to take a drink because the day was so bad, you're going to call one of your friends. You're going to call one of the people out of your small group. I've had a bad day. I need you. And they're going to come and they're going to come and they're going to sit with you and they're going to listen to you and they're going to pray with you and they're going to pray the temptation away and you're going to walk away with a victory. Yes. And each time you have a victory, the repeated yes, the stronghold of the good gets stronger. The stronghold of the good gets stronger. Yes. Yes. It will be harder and harder for Satan to tempt you in any areas. Because number one, you got God living in here. You got Jesus living in here. And Jesus is going to help you. And you want to bless, you want to please Jesus. I, I, I just love about Enoch. Enoch pleased God so much with his life, he just picked him up off of earth and put him in heaven. That's what I want. I want to please God so much. He just picks me up off earth and puts me in heaven. I want every day of my life that I know he's looking down and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So you got to lay it here at the altar. You got to give it to God. You got to go public and you got to lay it at the altar. So who's ready to do that today? I want you to raise your hands. If we're going to go public, I want you to raise your hands. I don't want you to be afraid. Who has strongholds in their lives that are separating them from God, that's weighing them down, that's causing them pain and anguish and problems? God wants to take it away. He wants to break it today, here and today, and that you be set free. So, for everyone that wants to be set free today, raise your hand and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your holy presence be here today. We ask that you do a work today that only you can do in this church, in these people, in this moment, the moment of truth for you, Lord, in our lives, Lord, of setting us free from strongholds, Lord. We have opened the door of temptation and we've given Satan strongholds in areas of our lives. We ask you to forgive us today, Lord, of our sins. We ask you now to come into our lives, to live in us. We ask you now to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you would break off the strongholds that are in our lives, Lord, that separate us from you, that weigh us down, that keep that 
that cause us pain and anguish and, and problems, Lord. And we know, Lord, that you are God, that you can do it, Lord. So we are trusting you. We are depending on you and we are believing in you. And we ask this all in the mighty, precious, holy name of Jesus. So, I'm not letting you off easy. Because if we're going to apply the three principles, you've just taken it to God. Now go public. I want the pastors, I want the altar team workers to come down. And I'm not asking you to tell it to everyone, but I want you to come and go public and share it with a pastor, altar team worker, because you're confessing it. You're making it public. You're telling in someone else. You're letting it out there. And that, it's not owning you no more. It's not controlling you no more. You're taking the responsibility of it. And then you're going to lay it down here and give it to God. And you're going to walk out of here and go home set free. So whoever wants to be set free today, start coming forward. Father, I pray for every person here today. God, I pray that this would be a holy moment that by faith, like never before, with every ounce of strength and belief in our body, we take it to you. God, I ask that there are people who wouldn't even be able to leave this building today without kneeling wherever they are, making it an altar, and laying down that which has mastered them and give it to you. We are weak. We are pitifully weak. We are unbelievably weak. We can't do it on our own, Lord. We are incapable, Lord. We don't have the strength, God. We need you right now. We need your touch, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. The power of Jesus Christ is strong in us. We commit to you to do whatever uh, you can do. We are going to do our part. We trust you to do what we are incapable of doing for ourselves. And God, we thank you ahead of time for the freedom that you are going to give us. Now, by faith, I declare that we will be set free by the power of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ, who's setting you free, that you are no longer in bondage, that you are free to live only for him. There is no material, no substance, no power, no thoughts that hold you captive, that what the enemy meant for evil, God will use for good, that no weapon is formed against us will prosper. By faith in all-powerful risen one, you are now free. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.